Do I look smart? Mm -hmm. Like a wolfman? Mm -hmm. A wolfman smart? Mm -hmm. I am wolfman smart. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you that story. Yet. What's the story? Maybe he's not so smart. I think he follows his heart. <laughs> and then... Which is definitely me. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should follow our hearts. That is the moral of the story. Yeah, but sometimes our hearts are wrong. And our brains really oh, should right. have been the our thing. Our guts and our brains yeah. are what we should have listened just, to. Yes. <laughs> Damn it, it's hard to balance those things. All right. <laughs> Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex, it's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lurid listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations. Spanning many literary genres, including action-adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please listen responsibly. Hey, hey, Lord listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your host, Rose Carraway, and joining me in the studio is Big Daddy Dave Carraway. Say hey, Big Daddy. Hey, yo, what's up? <laughs> your nipples are hard. I can see them very, very distinctly right now. <laughs> it's the lighting. Don't worry, baby, you'll warm up. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm happy. This okay. is good. Yeah. Oh, it's excited it's nipple a, erections, mm. I see. You know, mine go erect whenever I sneeze. Did you know that? Every single time I sneeze, my nipples go boing. That's <laughs> so weird. Anybody else experience? Do you have that? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Well, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> All of my sneeze Eddie. comes out my face. Yes, it does. <laughs> and the guitar's ringing on the wall. All right. Hey, welcome back, Lurid listeners. We're super excited today. Forgive our jolliness, but, but you know, you're about to be let in on some big news. Um, we are going to be celebrating with you for seven days straight, starting today. What are we celebrating, you ask? Dun, da, da, da. We're celebrating Cuck Week, of course. What? <laughs> what is Cuck Week? How did we come up with Cuck Week? And, well, it's, we hope, just the first of an annual event. The goal is to help educate and get rid of shame. You know, we've published a couple cuckold story anthologies, and and it's it's a fun little genre to play in, in our little fantasy life that Big Daddy and I have. So, Big Daddy, how did Cuck Week, like, get started? Well, I've already answered this question on a few interviews, so... <laughs> Well, first turn. of all, I think we need to talk about how big it's gotten before we even talk about how it started. How did, okay, how big has it gotten? Huge. <laughs> it started <Literally>. out <laughs> so, like it was just this show. We started on this show of going, well, how are we going to talk about insatiable wives? Right. right. Insatiable wives, the women who stray and the men who love them, written by Dr. David Lay, our latest audiobook. And I was like, well, we could do Cuck Week. On the KMQ, yeah. right? And so the plan was we were just going to play some little snippets, kind of introduce the book to you guys, and then give you some fun cuckold stories because we know you guys and ladies <laughs> love the cuckold stories. Mm -hmm. And Dave loved it. That's right, Dave. <laughs> They're on a first name basis. I, on the other hand, refer to him as Dr. Lay. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know this? I do. I, I'm learning that now, yeah. yes. And... He was like, huh, that's a fun idea. I bet the whole community would like this. And he's all, let me, let me go talk to them. And he goes off and disappears. And then like days later, he comes back. Oh yeah, they're all on board and they love it. And we're doing this thing. Bing, bang, boom. We're in the middle of the cuckaverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a cuck whirlwind. It's insane. <laughs> and it's this huge event that's happened out of, in a matter of weeks. And we're just like blown away by it, honored by it, uh, amazed by it. And it's been just a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, Rose is going to talk to you a little bit more about who and what's involved. 
Uh, but we are kicking it off right here, right now. Yeah. Starts January 25th and goes for seven full days all the way until January 31st. And we have a schedule of events, of all of the happenings, a list of all of the contributors. All of there's a ton of hot wives, mistresses, cucks, and bulls who are who have joined us for Cuck Week. All these people in the in the Cuckiverse, we've all come together to celebrate. The, the, the magnificent world of cuckoldry. And we're, we've got podcast events. We have live events. We have Twitter spaces events. We have um, Moan app, live discussions, blog posts, all kinds of stuff. So, geez, you know, get your calendar out. Go to our show notes. Check out our Cuck Week schedule of events and see if you have time to work some Cuck Week events into your into your week. Hopefully, you can get something every day. There are more than one thing, you know, happening uh, all seven days. Right. So it's going to be kind of neat. Yeah, uh, you know, and if if you're listening to this at a time when uh, this is a lot of this is already passed, you know, no worries. Uh, yeah, maybe you missed some of the live events, uh, but the there's a lot of podcasts, which Rose has been on a number of them. Um, there's a there's blog posts, so there's there's other things you can enjoy, and then hopefully look forward to. Apparently, we're going to be doing this again. next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll be better equipped next year. We will be hopefully. Oh my god, <laughs> like it's been pretty awesome. Okay, so we've got a whole bunch of events scheduled. Uh, it's Cuck Week, and it's seven days worth of stuff. Here on the KMQ, we're going to have seven days in a row of sexy cuckold stories. Plus, we're going to set up each episode, let you guys hear a little interview snippet um, with Dr. David Lay that we had, and then also a little snippet from the audiobook, so you can kind of get a sense of this wonderful, wonderful, totally informative and entertaining book um, that I have read. I've read it, I think, four times now. I don't know. I've read it so many times. The copy I have has, it's over-highlighted and overwritten in, and, and it might start falling apart soon. But um, yeah, we it's we're jam-packed from the jan- from January 25th until January 31st. So mark your calendars. Every single episode, the schedule of events calendar will be available in our show notes. So you can always see us there and what's going on during that day. For example, on Cuck Week Day 1, January 25th today, we've got Cuckold Storytime with Nookie and Ryan of Dating Kinky. This is a live event hosted on the Moan app, and it will go from today through Friday. So you guys are going to get lots of cookie story time in, which is only available in uh, iPhone, so not yet on Android, uh, but they did say that they are working on that. Uh, go ahead and refer to our Cuck Week schedule in our show notes for those times. Big Daddy made this beautiful calendar and it's got everybody's time zone listed on there so you guys should be able to find your time zone pretty quickly. Um, Also today is Cucktail Hour, another live event. It's an evening with Dr. David Lay and friends via Zoom. It is open to the public but you do have to RSVP. That link will be available as well in our show notes. It is sponsored. The Cocktail Hour is sponsored by the the wonderful people at the Sexual Health Alliance. And then thirdly, on today is your first sort of plan ahead moment. I will be hosting a Cuck Week final wrap-up Q&A session on Twitter Spaces. The handle is at Cuck Week. There, the public will get to ask my panel of cucks, cuckoldresses, mistresses, and bulls questions about the cuckold lifestyle. My only request to you is please prepare your questions ahead of time. I will be moderating this Twitter spaces and I want to run a tight ship. You know I like it tight. So I will open DMs if you would prefer to message your question there and because maybe you don't want to speak, you just want to listen to everybody. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Follow Cuck Week on Twitter at Cuck Week. That is our hub place. It's going to have all of the links to all of the events, all of the interviews, every single blog post as it happens. 
Plus, we're doing audiobook giveaways. It is a first-come, first-served basis. The first five people who tweet, I heart insatiable wives to our KMQ Twitter handle, at the KMQ, will win a free Insatiable Wives audiobook. No DMs will not count. You must tag us in a tweet that shows up on our timeline, at the KMQ. All right, so I think that's enough upfront information. Yep. What do you say we get to Dr. Lay's interview snippet? Yeah, that sounds good. So, what did you uh, what did you ask the, the the fine fellow? Well, I wanted to know, you know, whenever he started the research of this book, Insatiable Wives, what were his expectations that he would find when talking to people who lived in the lifestyle of cuckolding? Um, and hot wifing. And hot wifing. Um, what were his expectations? What did he think he would find versus what was the reality of what he did find after doing all of his research and talking to people? Here's what he had to say. I've told the story often that, you know, my my initial impression when I encountered, um, uh, you know, uh, cuckolding or, or, you know, female focused non-monogamy, especially um, my initial assumption was that this sounded like it was unhealthy. Mm -hmm. um, but then as I got to know people, I found out that they many of them were, you know, remarkably healthy. And that in a lot of ways, I think was a was a, a, a very significant professional development point for me because it forced me to realize how social biases around sexuality and fem, you know female sexuality in particular monogamy etc mm -hmm. had intruded into my clinical thinking without me noticing mm -hmm. and um, that in a in a very significant way has shaped the last decade of my career as I have uh, become an advocate um within our field with it within the field of psychology and mental health pointing out how insidiously uh morality has intruded into our clinical thinking i will also say and yes it's not in the book obviously because it happened afterwards but since the book i mean one of the most extraordinary things for me has been almost not a not a week goes by certainly not a month goes by that somebody doesn't write me saying oh my god i've never told anybody that i'm into cuckolding but after reading your book i had to tell somebody and you're the one mm -hmm. and i mean even like you know a former president of the american psychological association sent me an email saying you know wow i could never tell any other psychologist in the entire industry mm -hmm. that cuckolding is my thing but after reading your book i know I know I can tell you. Wow. So cuckolding is way more common than we ever knew. Um, and certainly after reading Insatiable Wives, like it is, it's been around seemingly forever and nobody was talking about nope. it. Yeah, we never heard about it when we first heard it. But I do feel like we've had this sort of front row seat. So back in the day when we first heard about it from a lurid listener, mm -hmm. We didn't know what it was. And we looked it up and we're like, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and now to see what it was then, which was no one was talking about it. I mean, obviously, Dr. David Lay was because he had gotten there even before that to now it's this entire huge community mm -hmm. is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it was our very first story request was a cuckold story, which was uh, you know, yeah, we didn't know, we had no idea what it was, but you know, things clicked, I think, for both of us when we first saw those videos that that person had sent to us mm -hmm. to sort of explain what it was. You know, even they had said, it's too big. We, I can't just like write a paragraph and really describe what it is. Can I send you some videos? And, and you know, I was a little leery of that, but, but they were a perfect gentleman. And um, it was stunning because there were there were some, I don't know, erotic buttons that definitely clicked for for me and you. Yeah, it was when fun. we watched that. So, yeah. uh, and cuckold stories seem to be our most popular theme. They here. certainly are up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's. How about we give our lurid listeners a little sample of the audiobook, Insatiable Wives. What are we listening to today? I'm thinking we're going to take something from the introduction. How does that sound? 
Yeah, that's probably smart, huh? Like kind of set set the tone for yeah. the rest of it. All right, here you guys go. Here's a little snippet from Insatiable Wives' introduction. Universally, people responded with the belief that such a lifestyle was bound to destroy a marriage, a husband's self-esteem, and couldn't possibly in any way, shape, or form be a healthy part of a married couple's sexual life. Certainly, people who chose this lifestyle could only be doing so out of deep-seated pathologies, character flaws, and histories of sexual trauma and abandonment. The very few people who didn't respond with such automatic assumptions revealed that they had kinks of their own, which had led them to develop broader opinions about what is and isn't healthy. Researchers have explored the perceptions held by therapists regarding marital relationships that are not monogamous by agreement within the couple. Therapists, psychiatrists, and others in the helping professions view such relationships as inherently dysfunctional and emerging from deep-seated psychopathology and personality disturbance. These viewpoints still persist, despite the increasing occurrence and awareness of non-monogamous relationships. Many polyamorous and swinging couples have expressed distrust and resentment toward revealing their lifestyle and details of their sexual practices due to stigma and judgment from society. The couples I encountered encouraged me to explore this phenomenon further. It struck me how wrong my base assumptions might be and how those erroneous assumptions could affect my own clinical work. If I held such assumptions and couples that practice this lifestyle entered my office, would they tell me? Would I allow them to tell me? At this point, I frankly suspect they would not, and that chances are good I've had clients who did not disclose their interests in this lifestyle. How is it that the field of healthcare is so conflicted about this lifestyle that most couples simply refrain from disclosure? How is it that these couples are out there living a lifestyle that is so contrary to core assumptions about love, sexuality, monogamy, and fidelity? Why also are those core assumptions out there? Is this a new lifestyle fueled by the internet? Or is this something that has been around as long as marriage? And if so, why is it such a secret? I set out to interview some of these couples and attempt a beginning description of this lifestyle and the people who choose it using an online personal site, Craigslist, where a good many of these couples arrange their extramarital sexual adventures. These interviews can represent only a sample, and a biased sample at that, of the couples who pursue this lifestyle. The interviews I present in interludes after each chapter are only those of couples who chose to respond to my advertisements. I made an effort to present as broad and varied a view as possible, both in recruiting couples and in the interviews I chose to include. I scoured academic and general literature to try to understand the various issues involved in these couples' lives. Many couples and individuals directed me to writings they had found that addressed these issues, however obliquely. Along the way, my questions grew. Each answer raised more questions. Each query led my research, my questions, and my potential answers into growing and expanding areas of history, science, and research. In order to understand these couples and their sexual choices, I found I had to understand monogamy as well as its alternatives. As I realized that these couples celebrated an unrestrained female sexuality, I had to gain some understanding of where, how, and why female sexuality was constrained in our society and history. As they celebrated female sexuality, I found that I had to learn better what female sexuality was for each individual woman and for humankind at large. At last, I found that to understand why these couples did what they did, I had to gain some understanding of what the role and effects of sexuality and mating were, both within the body and mind, and within the evolutionary history of humans. As I present some of my answers and questions along the way, I cannot offer the full wealth or context of these fields and endeavors. I was blessed to find many authors and researchers who had a far greater understanding of the depths of these fields than I will ever possess. 
The research and findings, the history and events that I present represent only the smallest portion of the wealth of information out there about each of these topics. I make no effort to present the full history of female sexuality. Such a work, truly a noble endeavor, would take a lifetime. Man, listening back, oh my God, like it's so fun. I, this is the first time, again, I've ever narrated a nonfiction book. I'm so used to erotic fiction, but I think that prepared me for such a book as this. But being the person to narrate Dr. Lay's narrative was huge pressure. I mean, this is a famous guy in the freaking sex world. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to do a really good job. And and I think I did. Um, I, you did an excellent job. I'm just going to butt in here and <laughs> okay. say you did a... I'm just going to go so far as to say this is one among, if not the finest audiobook project we've ever done. <laughs> like, we really threw ourselves into this to get this right. Yeah. And you yeah. especially... Oh, thank fell you. over yourself to get this right. I did. I, I There were many retakes. I was like, that's not right. I don't want to do it that way. Um, but I want to draw people's attention to how dynamic this book is. You know, when you think of nonfiction, you think, ugh, it's going to be boring. It's narrative. It's Dr. Lay's narrative, his research, plus history, which was super fun because I got to channel like my inner Laurence Olivier. And then there's some science and medicine in there. And then there's the fun interludes where he actually interviews couples and you get to hear their words. That was really fun. And I think that that's where I kind of shined, where erotica really helped me out because of all the, you know, how many characters in erotica have I read? It was, and I, I really wanted to do them proud too. Too, because they're very brave. People like that coming out and and being honest with somebody who's writing a book and going to publish their their work. Back their then, words. Mm -hmm. I think it was just so in the closet. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was super fun. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview snippet and our little audio book snippet. Uh, I hope it encourages you or at least interests you enough to stick around for the next episode, which is dropping tomorrow. But right now, here we are celebrating the very first day of Cuck Week with a lurid listener favorite, Cucks Don't Lie, written by me, Rose Carraway. She leaned forward, wiped the steam from the full-sized mirror with the sleeve of her robe, and then rested her palms on the smooth marble vanity. She leaned closer so that only her face filled her field of vision, and the wrinkles that not quite forty years had brought to her seemed magnified. Her body buzzed with entirely too many emotions, but mostly it was the nagging fear of unknown consequences that rattled her nerves. Excitement and dread wrestled within her, too. Tina closed her eyes, wishing these gnawing sensations would just leave her be. She was a fierce mother, a proud wife, but here, in this hotel suite, she wanted only to be her carnal self. Corey would be there soon. She curled her fingers into fists, knuckles against marble, and silently commanded self-doubt to back the hell down already. She could hear Ryan open and then close the sliding patio door. Fresh air always helped him to relax, but not her. Tina needed the containment of the steamy bathroom, the comfort of its warm, encapsulating embrace. Ryan ended up being the one who'd made all the final arrangements— for what was to take place today. There were only two decisions that she needed to make, and she'd done so already. One, deciding that she wanted to be fucked by someone new. And two, selecting the man who would do the fucking. All other details, the when, where, and how much, proved to be too overwhelming. All those periphery details invited doubt to embed itself deep in her veins until her insecurities gained momentum. The arrangement planning took away from her desire, but Ryan derived a certain pleasure from those particular details, however, 
much to Tina's relief. In the beginning, there were challenges once she'd made up her mind to invite another man between her legs. She found herself making concessions when it came to the actual choosing. Thinking of herself as only mildly attractive, she steered clear of the seemingly perfect men. It took Ryan a significant amount of coaxing before she acquiesced. Her husband's relentless phrase, just trust me, finally broke down her guard. She did trust him, but in this case, Ryan's too quick confidence was frustrating in the way it pelted at her protective shields. Tina finally relinquished control and let Ryan make a few suggestions. Her husband had a remarkable eye for detail, and the stack of potentials grew considerably. Tina was grateful that her husband had dutifully worshipped her body for nearly 20 years now, but no one else had before him, ever. And that concerned her. How could he possibly understand why she steered clear of the most attractive men? Ryan had previous lovers. She had not. And she wasn't a young girl anymore. Tina growled frustration and pressed her knuckles against her temples and squeezed her eyes shut. She let out a slow, measured breath and then opened her eyes again. She let her hands fall to her sides and relaxed the tension in her forehead. The worry lines didn't disappear, but they lessened. She wasn't supposed to be rehashing all the things. She was meant to be getting ready. She filled her lungs and then gently blew the air out, concentrated on their goal. Today was about fantasy fulfillment, but the very idea that soon she would be naked beside a strange man who she still felt was completely out of her league, not to mention get fucked by him, was making her more than a little distraught. Together, They'd spent many nights flirting and then fucking over the details of this unorthodox scheme. Leaving worry and expectation completely aside, only the spectacle of this shared fantasy filled their heads. They decided to scour the internet, peruse the lists of men who were down to fuck. They playfully deliberated over further fantasies of voyeurism, threesomes, gangbangs. They'd even discussed their mutual curiosity regarding bisexuality. They felt like they were 19 years old again. The scintillating imagery of it all danced in their heads for months, like the sweetest of sugar plums ripe for the plucking. But something was happening, an evolution of awareness Sexual taboos once left to drift in the ether as out-of-reach wisps never to be born weren't forbidden topics any longer. Their deeper curiosities were brought out into the light. Questions brought answers, and a new level of trust blossomed between them. And now there existed a much more confident, rooted, unthreatened intimacy that united them more closely than even their wedding bands. The moment Tina decided on Corey, it marked a new page in their relationship. She closed her eyes, remembering the way Corey's profile picture had immediately caught her attention. How instinct had at first driven her to deny even the possibility of fucking him but it had been his eyes that held her, refused her denial. They were a tender brown that overtook her, pulled her to an attention she hadn't felt in years. Deep in the marrow of her bones, she knew that these eyes weren't eyes that would lie to her like Ryan's sometimes did. Even the incredible aesthetics of the rest of Corey's body, which 
as she found herself carefully studying, was undeniably attractive. But it was that gaze that genuinely grabbed at Tina's cunt, evoking a strangely hypnotic, feverish delirium. Whatever he did to her today in this hotel room would be true, pure, raw, unfettered. Tina pressed her thighs together, felt cheeks flush with a new warmth. Thinking back, she recalled experiencing another sensation she wasn't prepared for, a sense of submissiveness. The first word that had entered her brain when Ryan passed her Corey's profile picture was conqueror. Corey was a conqueror of women, and Tina wanted to open to him. And she knew that every woman he'd ever fucked, however many there were, had each fallen in love with him. She wasn't jealous, but considered herself fortunate to be counted as one of Corey's women. She craved the orgasms he would gift her. This was why Corey was such a dangerous choice. But he had to be the one. She felt it deep in her cunt, and it frightened her. Over the last several weeks, Tina secretly, countlessly, weighed Corey's sexual prowess against her husband's, and even her own. Tina squeezed her eyes shut, shook her head, refusing to go down that particular rabbit hole again. She focused on the fact that Ryan wanted this as much as she did. Ryan's role, though, would be non-participatory, but was still crucial to this afternoon's success. Tina opened her eyes now, forced a smile at her reflection. After a handful of dragging seconds, she experimented with a few sexy expressions for a much-needed dopamine rush that would bring her courage back around. Lust. Wantonness. Innocence. Ultimately, she felt like an idiot making some of the poses. Her version of a come-hither look resembled a drunken sailor more than anything else. She admired women who could pull off a solid Marilyn Monroe fuck-me stare. Once again, doubt knifed its way under her skin, and this time she felt her shoulders slump, and then her knees began to tremble. She was losing her nerve. All the what-ifs came flooding back. What if Corey changed his mind once he got his first real look at her? What if he stood them up? What if he laughed at her? How humiliated would she feel? How disappointed would Ryan be? What if she couldn't get Corey out of her mind when all was said and done? What if Ryan couldn't handle the sting of his own jealousy? What if they both wanted to do this again? No matter how prepared they tried to be, this experience could jettison their relationship into any number of directions. They could anticipate and discuss all they wanted, but the fact remained that once this was over, none of it could be undone. Tina pulled the plush collar of her robe a little tighter. After a moment, she stood a little taller and untied the belt, pulled the robe open. She examined herself. It was undeniable. She still wanted this. Ryan presumably did too. She wondered if he was having the same agonizing mental conversation as her out on the patio. It was just sex, but it also wasn't. Until they'd completed the deed, Neither would truly know the impact this event would have. She heard the slider open and close again. She pulled the robe closed and retied the belt. She heard Ryan approach the other side of the bathroom door and smiled reflexively. Ryan, always her sentinel. The white flash of her teeth in the mirror caught her eye. Ryan knocked on the bathroom door. Tina? 
He just texted, says he's downstairs in the lobby, waiting. Ryan's muffled voice was cheerful, but it carried a distinct, nervous edge. As relieving as it was to know she wasn't the only worrywart, a larger part of her wished that Ryan wasn't nervous. So often, her strength hinged on his. How long did Corey say he'd wait? Saying Corey's name aloud offered Tina a ledge to mentally grab onto. Surprisingly, her nipples responded, and then her cunt tightened with a supportive clench of its own. Her heart suddenly fluttered. Uh, he didn't. Ryan leaned heavily against the bathroom door. I get the feeling he's waiting to see if we, you, are still sure. You are, right? Was she? The movement against the door told her that Ryan was finding it difficult to stand still. In the mirror, she saw the door's lever move. When it swung open, her steamy cocoon of air escaped, and an unexpected sense of vulnerability washed over her. Ryan closed the distance between them, wrapped his arms tightly around her. She fell into his custody so easily, tuned her ear to the beat of his heart, relaxed against its familiar cadence. You okay? The sound of Ryan's thick voice was comforting. She nodded. I keep trying to find a reason to chicken out, you know? I really don't want this to be a mistake. I mean, what if you... I won't. He rested his chin atop her head, squeezed her tighter to him. But how can you be so sure? I don't know. I just am. I need to watch you. Plus, we have our kill switch, remember? Tina nodded. Albuquerque. She chuckled at the absurdity of using that particular word, but then soberly added, everything about him will be different. Ryan gave her rump an attention-grabbing squeeze. Exactly. That's part of the point, isn't it? Somebody different? God, he's going to do things to you. Ryan's phone buzzed. He fished it out of his front pocket with shaky fingers. After a few seconds, he read the text aloud. You ready to watch me fuck your wife, cuck boy? Ryan reached his other hand through the opening of her robe. His fingers deftly slipped between her folds, testing. His hazel eyes shot open wide, and Tina met his surprised stare. She knew what he'd found. But before they could discuss her cunt's reaction versus her mind's worries, Ryan's phone buzzed again. He nearly dropped it, turning the screen so that they could both read it while he pushed a single finger deep inside of her. Tina canted her hips automatically. The phone's screen read, Is Tina ready for me? What do you want me to tell him? Ryan's voice was a strained whisper now, but he withdrew his finger, obviously wanting her complete attention. Tina felt a little swoony at the loss, but caught her breath and asked for what seemed like the thousandth time. Are you? Her husband stepped back, his cheeks handsomely flushed. He absently tugged on his left earlobe, let out a breath, and then scrolled through the chain of text messages on his phone. I'm not gonna lie, I am nervous, but I'm mostly excited. He's gonna make you feel so damn good, Tina. And fuck, it makes me hard just talking about it, because I'm the one giving him to you. Tina brought her hand down to verify if what Ryan said was true. He wasn't lying. His cock was thickening. See, he grinned, while pushing his hips forward to better fill her hand. I do. She smiled back and squeezed. Ryan groaned, pulled her hand away with some effort, 
but didn't release it. Say it, Tina. Say that you want Corey to come up here. Hearing Corey's name on her husband's lips nearly set her to melting. Please, I need to hear you say it. Yes, I'm ready. The men spoke in the entryway while she sat, her ass perched at the very edge of the bed. Corey's lower, confident voice pervaded the room, and Tina's kneecaps trembled. Her fingers felt cold, her palms warm and clammy, her mouth dry, her vision tunneled. She saw them shake hands, and then Ryan waved Corey into the room, so quickly. Corey's presence dominated the suite, but no perfumes infiltrated the air, and that was good. This was about the touch and feel of their bodies, not facades. He was dressed fashionably. He wore a tweed flat cap and a perfectly trimmed dove gray suit. He faced her, then removed his hat, and when his brown eyes met hers, Tina felt herself stand up, but couldn't remember commanding her legs to do so. She tightened the knot of the robe's belt, but couldn't say anything. Ryan had all but dissolved into a corner of the room. Tina swallowed, looked down at her bare feet, her red-painted toenails, the floral-printed carpet. Her breaths shortened. She vibrated. Two large, pointed, shiny black dress shoes stepped close to her pale feet. Tina couldn't move. You're hiding from me. I'm... I... Corey's large hands came to rest upon her shoulders. He gently spun her around, pressed his body against her. It was starting, and she wanted to fracture into a million pieces and flee to all the shadowed places she could find. But when his hands slid down her arms and then lips pressed hotly against the nape of her neck, teeth nibbling her delicate flesh, she felt at once numb and yet hypersensitive, under a spell. The robe then fell into a puddle at her feet in slow motion, and Corey's hands came around to caress her breasts. He embraced her, encased her, his clothed body scratched hot against her skin. But when she felt her clit's hood being pinched, Tina suddenly came to, out of her swoony state, and she groaned so wantonly that another distantly familiar voice echoed hers. I think your cuck likes what he sees. Corey whispered against her ear, and the warm zing of sound relaxed her shoulders, hardened her nipples, and then a finger guided her chin to his full lips. His devoured hers in the single most possessive kiss she could remember. It took her breath, her thoughts of anything but this man before her. Come, sit, he commanded so effortlessly. Tina, grateful for this simple instruction, took Corey's proffered hand and was guided back to the bed. He wordlessly removed his suit jacket and tossed it onto the nearby reading desk. Her eyes followed his fingers while he opened his shirt, one button at a time. He left the lighter garment on, and the smooth skin beneath set Tina to wringing her hands nervously. She wanted to touch him, feel how warm and soft he was. Tina. Her hands stilled. She looked up. Corey leaned down, spread her knees wide, and stepped between them, his lips coming so close. Undress me, 
She nodded, but couldn't make her fingers work. She cast a glance toward the corner of the room, but in an instant, before her eyes could settle, Corey's smooth grip caught her chin, brought her attention back to him. Given only this singular option, Tina then obeyed. She slid flexible belt from shiny buckle, undid fasteners, and with increased concentration, she used finger and thumb to pull down Corey's zipper. He wasn't wearing underwear. Now, anticipate, Tina. His smile grew patiently, dashingly, and within his eyes, she saw what he expected, what he wanted of her. She scooted more to the edge of the mattress. Corey hadn't left her much room, and so her nose was but a breath away from his now hard, waiting cock. The natural musk of warm, masculine skin filled her lungs. She breathed it in deeply, let the scent flow into her, and then reached, tugged Corey's slacks down, past hard, swollen thighs, and another warmer wave of his aroma surrounded her. Some instinct brought her cheek and then her nose to nestle against his testicles. She pulled him closer, sniffed, tasted, and wrapped both hands around the trunk of his cock. Its smoothness was almost hot against her lips and tongue. Tina's tight grip bordered on manic. She began stroking, taking his blunt, salty cockhead into her mouth. It took both hands to hold this exquisite thing that could never be tamed. Oh, you're such a good girl. Mmm, suck that meat, Tina. Words strengthened spell, and she took his thick, vascular shaft deeper, wanting so much to please, impress, receive more praise. When his palm cupped the back of her head, Tina took a proud breath. And the spell was broken. Corey withdrew from the depths of her greedy mouth, and then suddenly, hands were shoved under her arms as she was then lifted, scooted, kissed toward the foot of the bed. Her body was easily manipulated, turned, her hands placed onto the edge of the footboard, and her chin was lifted. The low, breathless voice that spoke next to her ear caused an ache to awaken deep within her belly. Her pussy clenched, her spine flexed. Time to fuck, Tina. And then Corey was inside of her without preamble. Tina's head flopped downward, and he grabbed a fistful of her long, tangled wet hair and pulled it back up, displayed her throaty wantonness. A whorish possession, she cried out ruthlessly, gripping the footboard for support as her body was fucked forward, racked by hard thrusts that caused her tits to ricochet in wild, spastic rhythm. Corey offered no reprieve. Her pussy opened desperately, profoundly, and then once again, Corey abruptly ceased his delicious torment. This time, he gripped her chin violently, forced her to finally witness her husband, who sat encased in shadow, awestruck, impassioned, hands tightly enlaced like one large fist. He looked unimaginably small just then. Corey's hot, panting breath caused her nipples to ache, her pussy to clench, and her mouth hung open as she strived to remember how to breathe. Corey's hot, wet, sticky cock invasively nudging between her trembling thighs. Do you want me to use a condom, Tina? Coherence returned, and Tina looked upon her beautifully disheveled husband. But before the spell could be broken, her gaze met her husband's, and she gripped the footboard with assured purpose. <laughs>
she blew her husband a silent kiss, smiled, and said, No. you guys i hope you enjoyed our very first episode of cook week stay tuned for tomorrow because we're dropping another episode don't forget in the show notes we will have the schedule of events for cook week and i want you to follow cook week on twitter at cook week that's the hub of where we're going to keep track of all the links to all of the goodies during cook week also we do encourage you to follow dr david lay at Dr. David Lay, that's L-E-Y, and the Sexual Health Alliance at SW Sexual Health. And don't forget, we're doing that audiobook giveaway. Five people, the first five, who tweet us at the KMQ, I Heart Insatiable Wives, will win a free audiobook copy of Insatiable Wives, Women Who Stray, and the Men Who Love Them. The Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Scott Holmes, Kai Engel, and the KMQ featured credit music, A Love So Bad, by Jeffrey Philip Nelson. The KMQ introduction music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast is brought to you by Cuck Week. Follow us on Twitter at Cuckweek. Is it normal to love a girl so Stupid fish. I like holding your book. It's a, it's a, it, it holds nicely. <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of thick and yeah. Yeah. It sits, sits in my lap nicely. So, yeah. So girthy. <laughs> <laughs>